Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Hey, we're in our series called That'll Preach. And it's, it's uh, the idea that God will smuggle his message into all kinds of uh, situations. You know, Hollywood can be a downer place. The news can be a downer place. There can be a lot of downers. But God likes to smuggle his stories into, uh, into Hollywood, into influence. And you'll notice that when movies have biblical like principle under them, I'm telling you, there's a correlation to the box office. Hollywood just can't get it. Why didn't they like our completely woke, totally PC thing and and it flops in the movie and then like Top Gun comes out, the first pro-America movie in probably 10 years and everybody's like, yeah, this is the best movie ever. Because there's principle, there's honor, there's fighting for a good cause. It's, it's, It's the underbelly because we were made to be in relationship with God. So when we hear stories that correlate with godly principles, we're drawn to it. And one day Hollywood will figure that out. And we will have high budget, awesome movies that are godly. Amen. Amen. But God will still smuggle it in. So as I'm doing inventory, I'm like, okay, we only do like a movie series, like once every couple of years. So this is the time I went through the list of all my favorite movies, you know, no particular order, Gladiator, Braveheart, Dumb and Dumber, Tommy Boy, you know, the, the good ones. And uh, that'll help you calibrate what birthday I just had based off of my mood. <laughs> so you hope you're like, huh? <laughs> if you haven't seen Tommy Boy, you need to, okay? That's a great movie. But anyways, and I'm like, oh, this is my chance. I'm gonna hit him with one of the good movies. And I kept feeling drawn to a movie that I do enjoy this movie, but it just, I had to put my street cred on the line here because I'm going with a musical. I'm going with a musical. Not gonna lie, this is the only musical I can name by name off of my mind. Uh, but uh, I just was so moved by the words of the song and the moment in this movie. So let me set up the movie clip and I'll tell you about it. The movie is The Greatest Showman. Very enjoyable movie. Very enjoyable movie, a lot of great songs in there, uh, but this song is co- called From Now On, From Now On, and if you don't, if you haven't seen the movie, you should see it, but if you haven't seen the movie, the, it's the crescendo moment, it's the moment where, where everything's kind of hit the fan, and the main character has, uh, he's started the circus, launched this big circus, but he got enamored, he lost his true north, he lost his reason for doing this, and, and he was tolerating uh, this desire to be recognized. He needed recognition, which all of us need deep down inside, but because of his upbringing, growing up the way he grew up, it became about proving himself. What social circles did he enter into? What, what groups was he associated with? He wanted to be famous. And in that process, he lost his true north, and now he's lost everything. And he's in this moment where he's kind of sulking and good friends, Come on, we need good friends in our life. Have come and been like, you know, hey, we haven't given up on you. We haven't. And then he has this moment where he realizes, you know what? From now on, it's going to be different. 
regardless of where I'm at right now from now on. And I'm telling you, every Christian, we, there will be a time where God wants to take you somewhere, but he'll need you to sit down with you and said, from now on though, if I take you here, which I wanna take you and you wanna go, this thing right here, we can't bring that into the next season. And so he has this revelation. I'm, why am I doing this? What am I doing? And he busts into song. And so we're gonna draw that song together. Turn your eyes to the screen. Sing along if you want. I asked Pastor Aaron if he'd do the dance that they do in here. He said he hasn't memorized, but his ankle hurts. So he's not gonna do it this time. <laughs> I saw the sun begin to dim and felt that winter wind blow cold. A man learns who is there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold. Cause from that rubble one remains can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained cause it led me back. I drank champagne with kings and queens The politicians praised my name Those were someone else's dreams, the pitfalls of the man I became. For years and years, I chased their cheers, a crazy speed of always needing more. But when I stop and see you here, I remember.
go. <laughs> right there, it goes into a sappy love scene. We're going to skip that part, but <laughs> come back home. Oh, just side note, that's what, if you're asking yourself, you know how Pastor John over here, John Day, always talks about, he's like, hey, come on, let's get up a little, let's get, until you're at the level of that music video up here, then he won't ask you to step into more. That's, if you're like, what, what is John Day looking for, for in worship? He's looking for that. Until somebody, Wolf Boy does a flip over the front, like, he's, that's the level he's looking for us to get to. Amen, John? Amen. If we do that, you'll be like, hey, we're good. <laughs> We've arrived. Goals, goals. But that's how church should feel. For me, when I, when, when I come into church, I feel like I just stepped into home. And I, everything about creating this atmosphere, you ask, why are these people walking around in orange shirts and smiling at me and want to get to know me? And why is everybody, you know, because, because we're, te- we're excited that you're home. Because when you get in the presence of God, you're home. You are meant to walk daily with the Lord. And so that's the feeling. But I want to talk to a, for a minute here on uh, kind of the, what got him recalibrated back to true north. It was that moment when he said, from now on. Yeah. Look, none of us have the luxury of changing our past, but you always have the power to stand up and say, but from now on, but from now on. My first marriage didn't make it, but from now on. You know, my, this didn't work out, but from now on, we have a power to step into that. But there has to be a, a shift. Pastor, uh, uh, what we were talking about earlier on that second song, there has to be an amen to what God is trying to do in your life. A lot of times where we're blocked is we don't have an amen on what God said he wants to do. And you say, well, what do you mean I don't have an Amen. Uh, how we can un-amen the thing is what we're, if we're tolerating something that shouldn't be a part of the mix. Toleration versus promise. The main character decides, I'm not going to tolerate pursuing fame and, and accolades. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go back. Why did I start this thing? Because I wanted to make dreams come true for my wife and my kids. And so when he's running back to the train, he's running back to go get his family. That was the purpose, the reason. He's not tolerating anymore. And that's what I want from this message today is to say, as a child of God, what are you tolerating in your life that's robbing you from the ultimate goal God has for you? Because you can choose to tolerate or you can choose to promise. You can choose to tolerate or you can choose a promise that God has for you. There are some things God can't bring into the promise that you're tolerating. He says, I want to bring you there, but I can't bring that there. I can't bring that into the situation. Greatest, uh, greatest example of that is Israel getting out of Egypt. God does all these miracles, does all these amazing things, parts the Red Sea, destroys Pharaoh's army, all the plagues, fire by night, cloud by day, leading them to the promise. Every single thing he did was like, I want to give you this. But when they got there, they had, they, were, they had not let go. They still tolerated seeing themselves as slaves. And because they tolerated that mindset, it disqualified them from being the generation that would get into the promise, with the exception of two people, Joshua and Caleb. That's right. So I want to encourage you, at any point, you could be in a generation that's marked for a different thing, but if you will not say, I will not tolerate what God has not called me to tolerate in my life, he will pull you out of one crowd and put you in another crowd. 
He will not keep you in that mix. He says, that one gets it. Let me start to move them towards the dream. Now, real quick, before I hit with these points, where the enemy would like you to do with this message is get into a shame game. Oh, I've tolerated this thing, and now Pastor Matt's talking about it. And instead of going, you know what? Ah, that's it. I'm finished. It ends today. He'll be like, well, look how long you've had this. And remember that time you said you weren't going to do this, but you're doing it again. He's going to get you into shame so you won't activate. You won't put an amen on God's going to help me through this. God's going to deliver me from this. God's going to change the situation. You won't put an amen on that. You'll put an amen on his words. Oh, I suck. Oh, I'm not strong enough. Oh, I've tried this before and it didn't work. Today is a new day. The Bible says his, mercy, his mercies are due, new every morning, which means his conversation with you is not about yesterday. It's about today. Can you amen today that I'm not going to tolerate this? So point number one, toleration versus promise. As I said, Israel couldn't go into the promised land because of their toleration. Deuteronomy 1, 34 and 35, just so you see it in the Bible. And the Lord heard the sound of the words. It was their, your words locate you. Your words locate you. Do you say things like, well, it's always been this way. Well, I'm just used to this. Well, my family was always this, so it'll probably be me. Your words locate you. So they're whining. They're talking like slaves. And it said that he was angry. And he made an oath. This is God. Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land of which I swore to give your fathers. See, we've, we are, there is a co-laboring with God. And a lot of it has to do with how much we'll tolerate. What we'll tolerate. Okay, P- people will even try to somehow holify, if that's a word, holify their tolerations as like humility. They'll try to make it holy. Like, oh, well, if God wants me to prosper, if God wants me to have success, he'll do all the lifting. No, that's not how he set it up. He gave you the power. He'll be with you. But he wants a co-labor. He wants somebody who puts an amen on his word and says, if God said it, then I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to believe it. And I'm not going to tolerate things that don't line up with it. Here's why tolerating things that shouldn't be in your world is so important. They're robbers. They rob you. They rob you consistently. They will rob you of your faith, right? If you tolerate, give you an example. you're You're at church every week. You hear these empowering words. You know God's powerful. You know he does miracles. But then you have this area where you tolerate your life not looking like that. It'll scream at you, well, can you really believe that God is every who he says he is? But there's a toleration there, and it begins to rob your faith, rob your energy, rob your belief. Next thing you know, you take one saying day off just, you know, because you were kind of tired and you had a long week, and one Sunday turns into six months and you haven't been in church, right? I think every Christian has been there at one point in their life where we started to tolerate some things in our world, and next thing you know, we woke up one day, and we're like, whoa, I'm a way further off. You know, I'm Peter right now. I'm actually underwater. Like, Jesus, help me. And, and, and we want to move past toleration because it's a robber. Here's toleration of things that aren't of God in our life. To me, remind, us, remind me of the mafia. You know how the mafia will go to businesses and say, hey, for our protection, we're going to take from you. That's, what, that's how 
tolerating things that God didn't intend to have in your world, that's how it speaks. It says, hey, I, you know you shouldn't tolerate this, this porn thing that, you're, that you have in this closet, but, but it's here to protect me. When, when life gets really hard or I had a really bad day, it, it's, I just need to keep it safe in the corner because it, it helps me. Or, you know, uh, my, I, I've got my, my addiction under control, but it, it's there to protect me when, when it gets too tough or, you know, and, and we put these places in, in not saying they're good, but not being fully ready to say it's bad. And we tolerate. And it says, hey, if you'll accept me, if you'll tolerate me, I'll protect you. But he's robbing from you. The, the toleration of, of sin in our life, of things that are off, they rob from us. Right? And here's the truth. Since you are the person that decides what to come in agreement with, if you accept that offer, you become the robber of your own life. You become the robber of your own promises. You, you can slip into being the robber. Proverbs 1.18 says it like this. But people like that are setting a trap for themselves, a trap in which they will die. Robbery always claims the life of the robber. This is what happens to anyone who lives by violence. And then I like this next part where it ends here. We're gonna go a couple more verses. Listen, wisdom is calling out in the streets. God is giving you solutions. God is giving you answers that will come in and, and switch your toleration into stepping into the promises he has for you. He's not gonna just leave you hanging and remove a thing that maybe used to be a safety blanket or used to be a habit or whatever and then just leave you hanging. No, he wants to actually infuse in you a solution, the wisdom to get to where you're gonna go. So he is crying out. He's like, I got an answer. I've got an answer to this situation. Here's what I want you to hear today. If you're, if you're, if you're in a battle, in a, in a struggle, in a toleration thing that's robbing you from life, God has the wisdom and the answer to get you out of it. And he's screaming it from the streets, calling loudly at the city gates wherever people come together. This morning, people came together for church. He's, he's like, I have an answer. Foolish people, how long do you want to be foolish? How long will you enjoy making fun of knowledge? Will you never learn? Listen when I reprimand you. I will give you good advice and share my knowledge with you. I have been calling you. Come on. I have been calling you, inviting you to come. That's the good news. God has been calling you, inviting you to come. Despite the fact that it makes it very clear that whoever he's talking to, they're not listening right now, but he's still calling. He's still calling. He's saying, listen, I have the answer to get the robbers out of your life that you are tolerating, that you are allowing to function in your world, and they're stealing from you. They're stealing from you. So toleration of the wrong things rob us from God's full intention. And if you choose to tolerate that, you're conscious now. So it's one thing when you're unconscious, but if you're conscious, this is, I'm tolerating something I shouldn't tolerate. Now we choose to be the robbers of our own destiny. Wow, yes. We can step it, but here's the cool thing. Point number two, God wants to take, make, or wants to take you from being a taker to a maker. He wants to deliver you from being a taker out of your purpose, your promise, your destiny into a maker of your purpose, your destiny, your promise that he has. How do we do it? Well, first, we got to acknowledge it. 
We've got to invite God in this situation. So Song of Solomon's 2.15 says this, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines are tender grapes. You know, it's, it's the little tolerations. It's the gradations, the gray area. Like I'll, I'll talk to young adults or youth and, you know, the question will never come up at that age, like how far is too far with purity, right? That's the question. When, when, when a young man is asking that question, the, the calibration's a little off. Like that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a toleration mindset. Like how much can I, you know, and it's, it can come from a sincere place, but, but the question is not so much what is, how far can I push this line, but it's what am I going for? What's the, what's the end game here? What's the goal? The goal is that I will be married to a beautiful person, that we have a, a common goal and destiny. And so we're looking for the thing, but we're, do you see the tweak there? One is looking for how much can God tolerate the other is looking for what's the divine purpose that I'm going for. And that's a shift point. That's a shift point where we got to remove the little foxes. Because God made you to be a maker. What does that mean? It means that you can put an amen on his promises and his words and then begin to, with the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to open and implement those things in your world. You can make things different. With his power, with his power. See, the pro- I, I, I'm into the self-help world. Like I've read a lot of good books and I appreciate motivational speakers. My YouTube algorithm pretty much only pulls up motivational speeches now. Like, like I'm into it. But one thing I've noticed is that when, when it's just an internal self-help, a lot of people, they won't see that all the way through. Because God didn't intend it to be a, you to be a self-help. Self-help didn't work. We didn't come to the cross of Jesus by self. We didn't get saved by self-help. We got saved by his help, by his power, by his authority, by his word, and putting our faith in his word. And so we're going to shift in this, and we want to shift from being a taker to a maker. And there's just some things that can't go into the promised land. We're, and, and God will put his finger on it. And, and if you feel like, okay, I just am, am plateaued. I can't go to the next level. I would encourage you one thing to do. It's not always the case, but a lot of times I go back to what was the last thing God told me to do? Yeah. And where am I at with that? Have I, have I tolerated not doing what he asked me to do? Have I tolerated these things in my life that were like the mafia? They said they protect me, but really after they leave, I just feel used. Wow. I feel robbed of my purpose. You are called to be a maker. Now, so you can come from here, and here's, here's the homework. Here's the, 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 the not sexy part, if you will, okay? I'd encourage you after this to sit down and have a tough conversation with yourself. Say, hey, what do I tolerate? Do I tolerate my credit cards maxed out all the time? Am I just used to that? Has that been the way it's been long enough that I'm okay with that? You know, do I tolerate fill in the blank? Now, a little side note here. Married people, <laughs> you're, you can go home and you can make this list of all things you're not going to tolerate, which is really good. Hopefully, you're here with your spouse and they're going to do the same. But when you're married, there is a little ebb and flow to changing toleration because there's two parties involved. Yeah, that's 
right? One of you might be sitting here in church and you're like, you're kind of more like the motivational speaker. You're like, yeah, oh yeah, I love making lists. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a big old list. And oh man, I'm, I'm gonna time block my entire week to make sure I'm prioritizing this list and I'm breaking, you know, and there's that, there's that person. Then there's usually right, so there's the other one who's like, man, I'm good. <laughs> Things are good. I'm, I'm chilling, you know, and, and, and you've got to come into an agreement and help each other get to, what, get to this toleration in the family. So can I just give like a little bit of like help in that? Because even as me and my beautiful bride were talking about this message, we had a couple times where it was very easy to take exit argument, right? Like we were driving and we're like, exit actually, we need to talk about this. We need to, you know, and, and we could, we caught ourselves a couple times like, ah, okay, wait, wait, we're talking about this message. We'll, we can do this with ourselves, but, but it ended up being a beautiful conversation because we got into some root things. And I want to encourage you, married people, maybe you are done with certain tolerations and maybe they might be with, even within your marriage. What I'm not telling you to do is go home and be like, this changes or we're done, right? Like, like that. <laughs> this is not a, if you're like, I've tolerated my husband long enough. <laughs> That's what Pastor Matt said. I've tolerated him. So I was very careful talking to my wife about this message to make sure we didn't sidetrack there. <laughs> no, 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 no. You made a commitment and God's big enough to make the dream happen with the spouse you're with. But you can't help each other. You can't help each other. So little freebie here. If somebody's not in the place of, in your marriage, if one of you's not in a place where you want to, you know, not tolerate some things anymore, usually there's a hurt that's keeping people because your default with God is you want to grow. Children want to grow, right? Nobody's born with like, you know, I'm totally good. (laughs) Totally good. I'm potty trained now. I'm good. I don't need anything else. Right? Kids want to grow. Kids want to learn. Kids want to be exposed to new things. My kids always want to watch a new thing. They have a million questions. A million. If you have a four or five-year-old, you know what I'm talking about. Where was I going with that? Oh, okay, but marriage. So I want to hit this real quick. When motivating, we were talking about an area in our own life where we've been tolerating something too long. And what we uncovered together is that my wife felt rejection from me in this area and I felt shame in this area. And we were feeding each other's insecurities because my shame made me want to keep her away from this thing. And because I was keeping her away from this thing, she felt like I didn't value her because she actually has a lot of wisdom in this thing. And so we were driving a wedge in this area between each other. And before we could ever say we're not going to tolerate, we need to get reconnected again. We need to get reconnected. So let me just give you a little caveat. Gentlemen, your queen, your queen, let's pick, use a chessboard example. The queen is the most long-reaching, lethal piece, versatile piece on the whole chessboard. I apologize if, this now, if you don't pay chess in this analogy, it makes no sense to you. But essentially, the queen can move anywhere as far and as wide as, as she wants. Now, the king can move anywhere, but he's more strategic. He can only move one place, right? So you've got a queen and you've got a king. Now, as men, most psychology will say our core value is we want to feel respect, respect and honor. And, and, that's, and you'll, you'll see it in advertising towards men. You'll see it in, I mean, even, even the, uh, the apostles, you see it come up, okay? You ever notice that men's marketing, it's always like power suit, 
sitting in a place of like honor with a Rolex, right? Like we're, that's our, that's our marketing. Like that guy, don't mess with him. Respect, right? The car, the car we drive, respect, right? It's all marketed towards that thing. Even, even the apostles, what's the one, so they give their whole life, 12 dudes, like we give our whole life. We left our businesses. We're going to follow you. The one recorded thing that they ask, yo, Jesus, can I sit by you? Can I sit next? Can I sit in that cool chair? Can I sit in that throne? Like even at our core, even at the core in the Bible, like that was like their, what was their motivation? Man, this guy's going to get a lot of respect and I'm going to be his number two. I'm going to get that respect. Now, ladies, we all want to feel all the good things, by the way. So it's not like ladies like don't want respect. But I was talking to my wife and she's like, you know, what, like my core thing in our marriage where I want to feel, I want to feel like a gift, like special. Like, like I'm, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing something special and unique to the situation. Have you ever noticed that every encouraging marketing thing for a woman, like not every, but most of them, it's like a girl dressed up pretty dancing in an open field. <laughs> Even in the Cherish video, watch the Cherish video again. Like you never, my wife's Instagram feed, it's just ladies spinning in fields. <laughs> like, like with their hair done perfectly. That has never been a daydream of mine. I've never thought, you know, it's been a hard week, feeling a little beat up. If I could just be pretty in a field, surrounded by flowers and spinning. <laughs> that has never, never been a daydream of mine. Just hasn't. We were talking about like, you know, just like our humanity, like, like when you walk in a room, what, what would be like the coolest thing? So she was like, yeah, when I walk in a room, I just, it's, you want... People go, wow, wow, she's special. She's beautiful. She, she, she has a grace on her. There's something like awesome about her. I've never had that daydream. I want to walk in a room and people go, oh, dang, he's here. <laughs> like that's, 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 that's my humanity. I want people to respect. Anyway, so why am I saying all this is because in the marriage, it's so easy as we want to say we're not going to tolerate things. We have to take into account that it's very easy. If somebody is not wanting to grow, there is often a hurt and where you have to step in and be the maker God called you to be. Sometimes you have to make sure the atmosphere's right, make sure relationships restored before you go right into just trying to fix a thing. Because a lot of times the thing isn't the real thing. And that's what I encourage you, that little, the little fox's verse. When you go down and you say, what am I tolerating in my life that's robbing me from the promises of God? Go a step further. Go a step further. What's the little foxes? What's the little behaviors that God wants to deal with that are leading to that? Man, my credit cards are maxed out every month. Okay, well, that's, that's the outcome. But what are the little behaviors? What are the, what are the things that you are just saying... I allow myself, oh, it's been a long day. I can, I can door dash and pay $20 more for the meal that should have cost 13. You know, like whatever it is, what are, what are the things, God? And let the Holy Spirit highlight those because he called you to be a maker. You know, with his power, you can fix the thing. You know what will be a thing you need to untolerate when you take a deep look at yourself? Don't tolerate shame. Shame is the greatest, one of the greatest robbers when you want to fix a thing, but then immediately the enemy goes, you know, you say, man, this is the year. I'm going to get back in shape. I'm going to start working out. The enemy will immediately flood you with all the years you didn't work out. First time you get on the treadmill and you suddenly realize it's different than the last time you're on the treadmill. (laughs) 
And the enemy will come with, oh, you were, if you would have started this, you were 20 pounds, whatever, you know. Wow. Don't let shame rob you. Yeah, yeah. And are you ready for the NOS? You ready for the supercharger yeah. to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a super practical message. All I'm telling you, like, you're like, you know how you get in the car and you're, what'd you get out of the message? And sometimes you're like, uh, I felt good. Like, you can't remember the specifics. Let me recap. Here's the specifics. Don't tolerate things that are robbing you of God's promises. That's the specific. Here's the supercharger. You have to first say, you have to first call the thing what it is. Call it a robber. Stop giving it benefit of the doubt. Stop giving it like, ah, it's just sometimes. It's just there, you know. Stop, call it what it is. You are a robber. I do not want you in my life anymore. And then you say, but God said, but God's word says, and you put an amen and you replace the robber with God's word with your amen on it. But now the supercharger, because you can say amen today, but you also got to say amen tomorrow. And you can get momentum going in your world, but the hardest day is usually the first day. Right? Amen. The hardest day to not tolerate, to say I'm not going to tolerate something is the first day. And it gets easier from there. But you want to supercharge this? Third point. You need community calibration. Community calibration. What do I mean by that? You'll see people that really radically change their life. You almost always will see a tweak in who their community is. Who their core community is. Right, you wanna be a healthy person? I'll get personal with you. I'm trying to get myself healthy. And I have tried many times to jumpstart my old working out habits and get back in. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still 20. I can go in the gym and I'm sore. And then I don't work out the next day, all these things. What has been slightly shifting that and has been gaining momentum is I started working out with Pastor Alex Greenberg. Homeboy is built his whole life around health. They don't even have like sauces in their house. Like I, I look at their fridge, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm throwing them on the bus, whatever. But I'm like, this is amazing. How do you even eat? <laughs> like it's salt and pepper and that's it. But they eat so healthy and, and they both work out and they've fostered this thing. So when I get in a community, when I start doing life and saying time to work out with that person, I'm getting sucked into a flow that's different than my habits at home. There's this thing we do at the marriage getaway and we've also done it at some youth events called the Whirlpool. Anyone ever heard of it? Yeah. Anyone ever been in a, one of our Whirlpools? Let me explain the concept. You get enough people in a pool and if you can get that whole group of people to start to move in a circle, the, the combined total force of everyone pushing a little bit of water with their body will create this massive, massive flow. So I've seen it get so big where you, could, you actually could see the bottom of the pool. Like we were, we were getting dry. I, I've, I know that one got crazy. We almost drowned some kids at a youth camp. So <laughs> got real wild. But here's the point of that. You get in a community of people that are flowing in a certain direction. The flow begins to take control. And that even if you have a day where you slip, you trip. If you're in that whirlpool, you'll keep going because the force of the environment is pulling you somewhere. That's why you're like, you know, that church is always getting in my business. They're always saying I should get in a connect group and go to DNA and do life with people. Why do we keep saying it? Because it's the NOS that'll supercharge your life to step into the promises of God. If you can get around the people of God, 
who believe in the Word of God and are flowing that direction. Even on your bad day, you're still floating in the right way because you're not going to tolerate not being in community, not being in church. Greatest example in the Bible of that, in my opinion, is David's mighty men. David's mighty men. It says, uh, actually, I'll show you the scripture real quick. I love the Bible's description of these dudes. 1 Samuel 22, 2, it says, and everyone, it's a bold statement, everyone who was in distress, who was in debt, and everyone who had been discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. There was about 400 men with him. This group of ragtag, distressed people in debt, basically derelicts, became the mightiest army in all of Israel. So intimidating, in fact, they killed giants. They would kill, you know, a lot of the guys in there had records of one on 800 and they'd be happy with that. They, those odds weren't bad for them. They could win that fight every time. They killed giants. They were even so feared in the, in the, uh, in the country and so known for their power as, as fighters that when there was a coup to flip the kingdom and take it from David, all it took was word going around town that the mighty men were coming back into the fray and the coup ended. Like everyone went, "Mm mm-mm, we didn't sign up for this, right? This is the supercharger for you. God has given you the power to be the maker. Your amen to saying, I'm not gonna, calling these things what they are, robbers, and then putting an amen on what God has said with the right community. There is nothing that can stop you. And the enemy hates this message right now because he thought he had you trapped. He thought he had you stuck, but he will lose if you say no more tolerating. Amen what God said and get in community. You will see the end of the cycle, the end of the cycle of abuse, the end of the cycle of addiction, the end of the cycle that you have, that your family has walked in for generations. The cycle will break. God is there for you. But you must say, I do not tolerate this anymore. And I'll call it what it is. And if me and Jesus, you can sit down for me. If me and Jesus have to walk in the backyard and shoot that thing every day, eventually it ain't going to come back. It ain't going to come back up. Stand to your feet. People here, God wants to bring you into the promise. And I love the way the Holy Spirit ministers. It's not coming to you. This message, if you feel condemned or shamed, that's not the voice of God. It's a message to say you can, you will, and you must. I'm with you. I'm for you. If you'll give me an amen, my power will be sufficient, and I will break that thing out of your world. Everyone's head bowed and eyes closed. If during this message, the Holy Spirit has highlighted something you're tolerating in your world and you realize it's been robbing me. And this is between you and God because he knows it. He's the one who's whispering it to you. If you want it today, just say, okay, God, I'm gonna call this thing what it is. It's a robber. And I'm gonna give it to you and ask you to take it. And I'm gonna amen that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I don't need to tolerate this thing anymore, but I can step into my promise. If you wanna tell God that, if you wanna just say, amen, God, I'm done with this thing. 
give me your strength. If that's you, head down, eyes closed, I wanna pray specifically over you. Will you just put your hand in the air right now? I'm gonna pray for you. Lots of hands, lots of hands, come on. My hand's up too, just FYI, my hand's up too. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want you to picture that thing that you've been tolerating, whatever God's been showing you. And I want you to picture you're walking up to the cross. And Jesus is on that cross. And he says to you, this is why I'm here. Because I want to take that thing from you. And I just want you to picture that you just nail it to the foot of the cross. You nail it to the foot of the cross. And you say, amen, God, take it to the cross. Kill this thing. I call it what it is, a robber. And I apologize for coming in agreement and allowing it to rob your plans and your purpose for my life. Holy Spirit, fill us up to put that thing on the cross and leave it on the cross. To step into the promise you have for us. To always be the first people to run to the altar and say, no, 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 I'm not tolerating anything but your best for me, God. I'm not compromising the plans and the purposes of God in my life anymore. Lord, you see these hands. Holy Spirit, fill us up. Fill us up to walk in the true freedom. We are not victims. We are victors because of what you did on the cross. And if you believe that, church, give God a shout and say amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.